Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we're back. Another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. Kind of an abbreviated edition of Movie Maniacs. We've got some movie news and stuff to talk about if you're listening on the podcast. And if you stick around and listening on Whoa, Whoa, 1190 and 107.5 FM, we're going to play our episode of the best of Arnold Schwarzenegger from five years ago. Not much has happened in Arnold's career for us to change our lists, I would think, over the last five years anyway. So you'll get to hear us back in July of 2017. Count down our favorite Arnold movies. Because it's his birthday this weekend. Arnold turned 75 years old, believe it or not. And uh, that's quite that's quite a uh in, in indication of how old maybe we are and we got lots to talk about though before we get to that best of and we'll do our podcast right now let's bring him in right now chuck hard to not to think about your own mortality when you hear the terminator 75 yeah i know you know it's interesting on on uh, on social media like specifically facebook you always get these these uh stories popping up at least i do on my feed of Know, some really cool 80s stuff and how 80s was the best in TV and 80s was the best in movies. You know, that heart of Schwarzenegger's career, which was the uh, 1980s, you know, in reflection, very cool, Mike. Yeah, no, no, nothing like it. There's no doubt about it. Um, and, and let's turn to movie news right away before we get to what's coming out this weekend and all this stuff. The biggest sure. things that we saw this past week that developed and has to do with the 80s a little bit. It looks like uh, there's going to be another spinoff for Rocky, a spinoff of Creed, and that's another movie for Drago with Dolph Lundgren in it. I mean, we're really just running out of just things to do. And I mean, if they want to just give money away, just give it to me. I can use I can put it to good use, Chuck. No, I, I was thinking the same thing. Now, here's the thing. I, after after the story broke, I sort of de- dug a little deeper and in reading into it. They don't know exactly what the storyline will be. They, didn't, they know it'll be some sort of drag out spin off. They don't know how much involvement Dolph Lugrin will have. Will it be his son? Uh, if it is, I don't care. Now, here's the thing I thought personally, I love Creed. <clears throat> I love Rocky Balboa. Then I love Creed. Creed 2, I liked a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. I thought it, the pace was more methodical, but the script was really good, in my opinion. And I thought Dolph Lugrin coming back, back as Drago was so fleshed out. That that movie really enhances Rocky Four to an extent. If you bookend, if you bookend sure. the whole mm-hmm. the whole canon of, uh, of of Rocky films and creating obviously Creed because Rocky Balboa is in all of them. But when I read I heard this story, I say to myself, you know, let's just say hypothetically, Logren is involved heavily his character in this film. So you're going to spend at least thirty, if not fifty million dollars to do this. Why would you do it? Like, I just don't see theatrically. I don't I just don't see a marketplace for this, no. even if it's good. No. Um, and it might end up streaming on Amazon Prime, just like Sly's new film is. And we both got a chance to look at that trailer. Samaritan. Um, Samaritan comes out. Uh, you on- like the trail. I got to tell you, the reaction actually was really good. Now, I-, I thought when I watched it, I was like, OK, this is interesting. But then. There's a scene in the trailer where he gets hit by a motor vehicle and mm-hmm. and he sort of snaps himself back in shape. And I'm like, that just goes a little far for what I was looking for. Yeah. Like, I mean, even Unbreakable, you didn't see stuff to that extent. But Stallone looks great. I got to tell you. He you looks, think he does? I think he looks, 
Yeah, I think yeah. he looks good. I think, I think he, looks he looks good. Okay. I, I don't think, no, he, looks I think good. he looks good. Um, by the way, Creed three got delayed. It's going to come out in March instead of November 23rd this year. Um, they're going to wait, which is a little disappointing because normally we get to see yeah, it. Yeah, well, it's a, nice. I tell you, if you if you if you run a multiplex uh, or any movie theater in general, it's absolutely disappointing. If you look at all the movies now that have been kicked into next year, and they, and he also uh, uh, the, the the Scorsese DiCaprio movie Flower Moon yeah. has been kicked from a uh, uh, Oscar bait uh december release into 2023 because like a lot of scorsese films they never really finished until they finished and um you know uh i i just i just worry you know the 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 laxness of the studios doing this stuff to theaters it seems like they simply don't care yeah, let's then let's talk about what it might mean in the box office because we look at this weekend the final weekend in July you get a the DC uh, Super Pets movie comes out animated and then a BJ Novak comedy, which isn't going to make a dime at the box office, although it might look no, funny. No. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess the anim- the animated movie will do well. But again, it seems like well, an empty bullet, you got bullet, bullet bullet train, you know, is next which is weekend. Getting yeah. good, it's getting some good advanced buzz. Um, having said that. I mean, I'm sure it's going to open. You know, I'm going to predict. I have no idea. I haven't read any tracking buzz, but I'm going to say Bullet Train opens at uh, uh, $23 million. I think it's going to do surprisingly then, well. I, I actually think it's going to do well. Um, my daughter wants to see it, and that's a good indication okay. of if, if, if it's that on is. her radar, then yeah. It must be on. It must be doing something on the YouTube circuit too, Chuck. That people, these kids might want to see it. I don't know. I'm surprised she said she wanted to see it. She does. So that's got to be a good sign, if not anything else. Yeah, I mean, I got another one here. There's really good buzz on uh, on Prey, which is a Predator uh, prequel directed by um, the guy who brought us Ten Cloverfield Lane, and he's right. a good director. He's he a good is. director. You know, what's interesting when you go on YouTube, right, and you look at these bloggers who do these reviews, it's like a handful of these guys. And like Chris Stuckman, he's a good one. Is There's like five other ones, John Campia and a few others that, that do these reviews. They actually – who actually screened this movie for them in theaters? So they screened it in a theater for advanced reviews, but yet it will be a streaming service movie for Hulu. I got to tell you. This is going to make me – I don't have Hulu. I, I, this is going to make me buy Hulu. Really? Watch this. Yes, I want to watch it because I do like the franchise. I mean, obviously, the first one is great. The second one with Danny Glover I, I think is very good. The rest of them, you know, not so much. So what so, are we – we're, we're going to watch Apache Indians fight alongside a predator. I, I just – I don't care. It, I could, here's I, why I have an interest because I, I don't like, know why. I, I listen. It's hear apocalypto me meets predator. I mean, what are you? Yes, what are you doing? But, but here, here's me out. Hear me out. I like the fact that this is a creative director that shot this on a budget, obviously a lot lower than a theatrical budget for a big popcorn movie, right? And right. it for me, it harkens back to a time I loved in film, which was the '80s, right? When you like, uh, when you look back at movies like Escape from New York, those type of films where you took concept and creativity with a lo- little bit of a lower budget and you made it work. And yeah, there's a special, there's a that, special feeling to that type of filmmaking, which we don't see a lot anymore. Here's what I would have done. 
And I, yeah. you're trying to build off a predator brand that doesn't even exist, doesn't even exist anymore. Why not just make yeah. a why not make a period story with an alien in it that has nothing to do with predator? And you're talking about an original story that can grasp somebody instead of trying to manipulate an you audience into thinking this is a predator movie. Right. Nobody cares anymore. The, the last predator movie didn't make a dime. Who cares? That was a Shane Black movie. Yeah, was, I mean, that, that movie was a mixed bag. It had some good stuff. Didn't matter if it was good or bad movie. or indifferent. It wouldn't have mattered if it was great. Nobody was going to see it anyway, Chuck. It's Why? just a dead franchise. Okay. All right. I, I, and and the, the fact that it's on Hulu is indicative of that. And, uh, and, and if yeah. you didn't know any better, you wouldn't even know it's a Predator movie. I just... Uh, I, I get what you're saying, but it's contradictory because they didn't come mm -hmm. up with an original idea. They have a predator. He just is he, just with Indians now. I, I don't know. Uh, to me, it just it does nothing for me. But that's cool. It, you know, to each his own. I'm glad you're going to get you, Hulu. Dude. That's the best thing but about I, it. Now you can I'm watch Jeff Bridges' new series because it's really good on Hulu. Your your enthusiasm is contagious. But proceed. yeah, well, now you can actually get Hulu and watch new stuff, which is good for you. Um, Chuck, the last thing I wanted to bring up before we get to uh, to a uh, fast five and all that kind of fun stuff. By the way, do you want to know what I've been playing on my uh, 65 inch 4K on my ice cream this week? Nobody cares. Um, I'll tell you anyway. Volcano, Tommy nobody... Jones, 97. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bad News Bears Daily, 76. And uh, I just played Beyond the Beside Adventure for the, about the 10th time in the last two weeks this morning. I, so think it's despite, I think we've just lost all credibility to why anybody <laughs> would listen to this show. If you're, if that's the three movies you're going to watch every week, what are we talking about here? Okay. Um, last but not least for me, I did read an article where John Favreau tried to talk the Russo brothers into not killing Iron Man at the end of Endgame. That. So what do you what, think? What, what, uh, did did what, the I, Russo brothers make the right call? Okay. At the time, they did because uh, creatively in that film, it had tremendous power. So, yes, they did. Having said that, Favreau is looking at the future. And if you look at the Comic-Con announcement of two more Avenger movies, right, that should have created tremendous excitement. And really, the excitement that was created in the last 24 hours was actually the news that Ben Affleck is coming back to play Batman in aquaman 2 that's right. a long story because i think michael keaton shot a scene for aquaman 2 and then ezra miller created all this mess and they kicked aqua uh, flash to next year so it, it, they can't release uh aquaman 2 before the flash with michael keaton's cameo because it wouldn't make sense because right. flash changes in the the timelines so they bringing affleck back and i think bringing affleck back for aquaman 2 I believe that sets up the fact that Warner Brothers has a lot of interest in Ben Affleck as Batman still in a certain timeline going forward. And there's, there's a script that he penned uh, with another good writer with, with, with where he was going to do that solo Batman movie, Batman versus Deathstroke. Um, I could see them having an interest in wanting to do that film because, listen, you could do the Pattison stuff in that timeline and then do Ben Affleck stuff or Michael Keaton stuff in different timelines. People are small enough. They're not, they're not going to get confused. They just want to see what they want to see. Now, having said that, I do think after the comic common announcements with Marvel, with the Marvel stuff, I do think they're dancing, not in dangerous territory, but the, the worm is slightly turned where I, I could see a little bit of exhaustion 
superhero Chuck, exhaustion. I but. don't. Nobody wants to see an Avengers movie with the Ant Man, Doctor Strange, uh, Captain Mar. I mean, the ancillary characters. But Black Panther's dead, literally. Uh, Iron Man's not going to be there. Chris Evans ain't coming back. I mean, you, you're talking about the big characters. If they're not coming back, then what are we doing here? It's a well, and complete here's the waste thing. of time. I mean, but here, here's the here's the thing. I, I don't. Kevin Feig is obviously a really smart guy, and he's done a tremendous job with Marvel. But the reality is, when you lose a presence and a mind like Robert Downey Jr. is your yep. centerpiece, right? Your centerpiece. Um, it's it's. I mean, let's be honest. It's like the New England Patriots losing Tom Brady, right? I In mean, a way, talking, yeah. Right? Um, you're talking about you're talking about almost an impossible replacement. So, and then I mean, Chris Evans was the closest thing. So they they basically offed Iron Man and Captain America. In one film, and you're 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 rolling the dice on how on, do you how do you plug that 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 hole? It, on it's a not backup, easy to do. on a backup Cap in America, Hawkeye, Doctor Strange. I mean, these the are Hulk. things. You got the Hulk. The Hulk, I guess. I don't like this. For for the record, I I don't like the Talking Hulk. No, I don't like Tame Hulk. I, the, the the that was the only bad thing about Endgame for me was yeah what they me did too with I agree yeah. with that the Hulk the Hulk in, in Josh Whedon's original Avengers that's the Hulk I that's want. the Hulk we all Hulk want smash. yeah Hulk Hulk smash that's right yes. that's all we want that's what I want well it, we'll see what happens with that and I think they made the right decision killing him off because the power of that end scene it, it was somebody no, had to I mean, die oh I it was honestly like I'll watch that last uh, thirty minutes. That that's that's tremendous. If that that is uh, that is perfect Marvel filmmaking. That last thirty minutes of uh, of Endgame. Absolutely, awesome. absolutely, Chuck. Uh, before we get into Fast Five and going back in time in movies, let's bring up Paul Sorvino, who passed away this past week, and obviously losing Ray Liotta and Paul Sorvino within months of each other yeah. is kind of you know a one-two punch of you know the greatest one of the greatest gangster movies of all time. And that's good, fellas. If you 100%. think back on, on Paul Sorvino's career, I mean, he did a little stint on Law and Order. I remember him on for a couple of years. Um, totally out of character, too, his good fellas character. Yeah, because, I mean, that's why he was so good. Yeah. I do remember so him good. playing the gangster in The Rocketeer, too, right? He was the. Yeah, he did. Yep. Um, is there anything he was else? Known that, for, he was known for that championship season. That championship right? season. And he, I, I remember think he, he did it. He, I, remember he, I remember back in the days, this is when I was a kid, a long time ago. He did a TV movie with uh, Zach Zach Galligan and Molly Ringwald. It was about teen suicide. Oh, okay. Uh, he, he played the father. He listen, and he was a good actor. And then you know, anytime he appeared on a talk show, like an afternoon talk show, he was a really interesting e- interview because he, he was a he was a super sweet guy. He was a nice guy. Good, yeah, yeah, good good guy. That's why you know his turning Goodfellas is so interesting because he really was against the type of person that, that he was in, in real life. But uh, obviously, that's what makes good acting. Uh, and he was a good actor. And and any time an actor like Lieta Servino, a, a, a part of 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 one of the greatest, one of the greatest easily movies of all time, you know, when they pass, that that's going to be um, an interesting blow. Yeah, um, I did like his turn as Henry Kissinger, too. And Nixon, he was in that. And uh, of course, he spawned uh, Mira Servino, who had a lot of yeah. great. I mean, everybody had so many great things to say about him online. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and he could sing opera too. He's an opera singer as well. Uh, just a a great actor, big presence on screen, Chuck. There's no doubt about it. And turning to Fast Five, 
it was interesting because we had, did have another passing this week and he would have had a birthday this weekend. So let's transition with our first fast five into David Warner. And you and I had some interesting texts back and forth. I mean, here's a guy who for a generation, it was a great villain in the seventies, but then turned around and he's in one of the most iconic movies of all time. He's got a great storyline in Titanic. He does. He has a big part. His part's big. He's a huge part of that film. Love sure is. I mean, uh, one of the greatest movies of all time. You know, we were talking when we were going back and forth in text and we we're talking about, I remember time after time. That's another movie that I discovered on that antenna cable, uh, WHT. I used to watch it all the time. And uh, his pairing with, with Malcolm McDowell in that movie, H.G. Wells and, and Jack the Ripper. That was a really good movie. Like great a really movie. Good- great. It's one of those movies that has a great concept and it follows through with actual yeah. great movie too. And it's got two good actors that deliver. And uh, and you could argue Malcolm McDowell was playing against type. Absolutely, that that, especially and, at the time. And um, yeah, both and Mary he, Steenburgen was really good in that film. Both he and Steenburgen took to Twitter this week and actually had some great things to say about the movie and yeah. him. And I'm sure a lot of people forgot it. And even Steenburgen said that every time they made did the scene where he held a knife to her throat, no matter mm-hmm. how many times they did that scene, he always asked if she was okay. And in a very soft spot, very sweet guy. And right. if you've seen his movies in the 70s, um, not so sweet, especially if you saw The Island, Chuck. Yeah. the Well, let's get, I remember him. Remember uh, Straw Dogs with Straw uh, Dogs, Dustin too. Cow. Yeah. Right. So well, I also remember. Holy cow. He's got the great death scene in Titanic, but he also has an iconic death scene in The Omen, too. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's head gets completely yeah, wiped yeah, off. Yeah. What yeah. a scene uh, yeah, by Richard Donner. And, and, and let's talk about The Island. The Island was um, a, a novel by Peter Benchley, right? It was one of those movies, Michael Caine, another Michael Caine movie in that period of time where he, he took. You know, well, took a, a big paycheck for for and, uh, and a, lo- and a, lo- a location that, that shooting and paycheck. That's what he was looking yeah. for. Now, what's We're- interesting about the island is David Warner's a good pi- he's there's about the movie's about modern day pirates. Yeah, right. Which which they I know they did articles at the time and it was a really interesting got a lot of buzz that novel Peter Benchley. Who yeah, I read George, it. It was, was I I read right? it as a youngster. It it yeah. really really good book. And, and here's the thing, Michael Caine, to me, that movie, first act, I liked, last act, I liked a lot. Middle act is awful. Like, the middle act of that movie is just... When I think I said to you in the text, I said, the women, the woman kind of that that drags the whole movie down, the whole kind of love story interest that does, does is totally unnecessary in that movie. Um, yeah. But a great payoff at the end. I mean, I remember, even for a oh, crappy movie, the, the great but, but payoff. But another, another movie that... Um, sort of uh sank pretty quickly at the box office it sure did well with, especially yeah. with they were banking on benchley's name to get it a little farther than it did and yeah. and the best-selling book but uh it's still watchable and and oh, he's yes, a good, it is and it's a good transfer on blu-ray for people who have an interest in watching it and he's a great villain in it as well he's yes. he's just david, uh, david warner. warner was a really really good character actor who let's face it he worked until he passed away too chuck yeah. he was still uh, making movies. He was in Mary Poppins Returns not too long ago. Yeah, the kid, you might remember that. Um, mm-hmm. Chuck, more Fast Five. I introduced okay. my daughter to The Rock last night, Chuck, and she got to see um, uh, Michael Bane. No, The oh. Rock, the movie The oh. Rock. No, oh, okay. Um, I will tell you this. Well, let's do Michael Bane real quick. That's why I'm transitioning to The Rock. Michael Bane. Uh, do you think a Reese or do you think a Hicks? Well, you know what? They're both iconic for me. They've, uh, I could flip a coin on that one. Yeah. I, 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 okay. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go with the. I'll go with. I'll go with 
I'll go with Hicks. I'll go with no, no. I'll go with Terminator. I'll go with Terminator. <laughs> I'll go with Terminator simply because that time travel of him meeting her, making love to her, giving birth to John Connor. Uh, just something fascinating about that. Yeah, I and I just remember that took that movie to another level. Like you're rooting for her, right? And you yeah. want her to live, but having yeah. that other character in there and what it means to the storyline it just took that movie to a whole other level i mean i love him as hicks but basically mm-hmm. let's face it he he blends in with the entire ensemble cast there as it doesn't do much that stands out other than almost a love interest for uh for you know for ripley but um I, yeah for me it's probably reese but you're right it's a close one and two uh he, you hear, yeah i agree you want to hear something interesting that that popped in my head okay last night i'm on youtube right and the opening sequence popped up of dark, a Terminator Dark Faith, right? Right. And I watched it. And I got to tell you, as bad as killing Newt in, in Hicks was off screen, the Alien 3, that, that opening of the Terminator killing John Connor might be the most misguided piece of filmmaking in the history of pop culture filmmaking. Am yeah. I wrong? It's a close one and two there too. I I agree. It's just it's a head scratch. It's like it should have died. You you don't even want to watch the movie after that. No, I know. Somebody, somebody in the first meeting should say, "Oh, that's an interesting idea," but we're not doing that. And you can't do that. You can't. How could James Cameron be on board with that scene? How? I don't know. Um, but let me just turn our attention real quick to The Rock, Chuck, because you and I love that movie. Maybe the second greatest action movie of all time we both um, agree on that yeah and it's pretty after, darn after close after if it's not. right there yeah after die hard that that's a close two and a lot of it has to do with stanley goodspeed and we've talked ad nauseum about it but there was mm-hmm. a moment in the movie where uh and bella doesn't know who sean connery is per se you know he she mm-hmm. could tell that it was a big deal that you know he's getting introduced in this movie i i was like it gave me chills We're watching the movie he gets his haircut at the uh at, at the hotel and uh he's all dressed up in a suit and after all that and she actually says to me, boy, he looks really cool. I'm like, gosh, darn it. There's a 12 year old who has no idea who, she, yeah. who this guy is, who can yeah. tell that this guy is really cool. And I'm like, that's that's what that's what a movie star is, Chuck. No matter uh, what generation, hands, what hands decade, down. she can identify a screen presence like Sean Connery. And she loved the movie. And uh, I still get chills at the end of that movie with the whole microfilm. It's just a perfect. Oh, how good, that, that, that last two minutes in that movie. Perfect. That's as good as a close for a movie as any film of, of, of in, in genre filmmaking. And so again, good. and at the great end, movie. too, it's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. At the end, she goes, did they make yeah. any more? I'm like, unfortunately, they didn't, Bella. They yeah, didn't. No, I, unfortunately, is, is the operative word. And the yep. question is why? Yep. All right, two, a couple more fast fives. How about Wesley Snipes? He's actually sixty this weekend, Chuck. I mean, Blade is really good. He's known for that. I still think his best role is Willie Mays Hayes. I think he's great in Major League. I, everything else is just a one note character for me. Yeah, it's um, interesting how he got. It's interesting how he got the Fugitive sequel. Yeah, right? very he interesting. He, his his star was high then. In the Passenger Fifty Seven is a yeah. is a diehard clone, but it's very enjoyable. Yeah, he was a cool. He, I like his. I liked his. I liked his he was, work. He was good villain in Demolition Man too. He was good. I very good. I often thought he was overrated in a lot of these action movies, though. I, I never really went to the theater to see Wesley Snipes, uh, but I did like his early stuff. Like I said, like you know, White Man Can't Jump and and uh, things like that. Just once he got became an action star, 
movies like Drop Zone and Money Train, and maybe the worst baseball movie ever made, The Fan. That yeah, movie is atrociously but bad. You know what's in, the interesting footnote of Wesley Snipes' life is if you get caught not paying your taxes, just just work out a deal and pay them, right? Yeah. Like you would why, think- he, he fought it. He yeah. fought it and honestly destroyed himself. All right, two more, Chuck. One of the great directors of our time. He's going to come out with Oppenheimer next year. Uh, Chris Nolan turns, he's only 52 years old, which is good news for film fans because that means Mm -hmm. probably more to come. Mm -hmm. Misfires in there, but never visually, never uh, um, disappointing. No, Um, I mean, I got to be honest with you. I'm not the biggest fan outside his Batman universe, but I love his Batman films. I love them. Love them. I just recently... I recently watched Insomnia, and I'm a big fan. I like of that. that one too. That yeah, one that, I like. And uh, but like, I gotta be. I'm not the fan of Dunkirk that you are. Yeah, I think I it's. I think it's really well made, but it, I think it's hollow storytelling. What about and Inception? You just think it's all over the place, or I find it um, utterly confusing, unnecessarily confusing, actually, and and for me, somewhat pointless. So when when I'm confused to that level, I just I can't enjoy it. Visually, yeah, it's incredible. But gosh, those it. those three Batman movies, especially, I mean, it's just he he nailed all three of them, Chuck. I, oh, I agree. It's not even close to how well he made those movies. Um, and last but not least, Lawrence Fishburne, Chuck, who is um sixty one years old, seems like he's been around forever, and he's still only. Oh, it seems like he's been around where he could be ninety. Yeah, he's only sixty one. The first movie, I mean, obviously, um. The Matrix pops to mind right away. He's just so iconic in that role. But what's the mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne one that makes you say that's the guy? You got to name a bunch of them. I mean, I look at him more of as a character actor. His work is so diverse. He actually, you know, not that this is, would be my top, but he was really good Perry White in The Man of Steel, in my opinion. That was good. Yeah, it was that good was, casting. Uh, that was good casting. I think he was good casting in Assault on Precinct 13, too. I think very he was good. Very well cast I, in that. I, and we talked about that movie. I like that movie immensely. Um, he's, he, you know, it's interesting. You play a soft, uh, a soft type character that's very likable, and he could play a very villainous, uh, sort of, you know, street mafiosa type character also. He's a fantastic actor. And how, half many, his, screen, how, how many screen, presence, uh, screen half, credits? Does he well, have? half his career, he went by Larry Fishburne, too. You got to remember, too. He changed. He's got uh, 133 to his credit. Wow, and okay. He was in Apocalypse Now. I he's, know he was. I know. I was going to bring that up. Um, uh, I also liked him in Class Action with that Gene Hackman movie. I think he's good in that. He's got a lot of great stuff. He, you're right. He, yeah. It's hard to pick one with a guy like that. Um. And Event Horizon. A lot of people love that movie, too, Chuck. Yeah, I know. It's a big a sci-fi a flick. Yeah. Yep. All right, Chuck, this is the point in time before we uh, turn things over to the best of Movie Maniacs. And if you're listening on Wawa, we're going to count down our favorite Arnold movies. Um, we go back to a point in time in cinema, and we'll look at what came out the last weekend in July of what year? Uh, 98. Now you're going to go 98? All right. I feel like when you do this, you're like the guy in the Twilight Zone episode where you, the old man in the cave where you have a computer in your cave, but you don't let anybody else see it. Uh, oh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, basketball, Chuck. Oh, boy. What a movie. huh? <laughs> what a mess. Now, listen, a lot of people but, like this movie. I I know kids that actually that really rave about this movie, but I, I get it. It's silly. It's all over the place. Yeah. Um, and if you're fans of these guys, 
um, you leave your brain at the door. How about um, how about Ever After? Drew Barrymore and Angelica Houston. That's got a nice cult following as well. I don't think I've ever. I'm really not said that. I'm not. I'm not part of the cult. How about The Parent Trap, a remake of the Walt Disney movie with Dennis Quaid and Lindsay Lohan? That that has uh, that has an audience. But the best movie that came out that weekend, you know, Saving Private Ryan, was out for a okay. couple weeks already. So that's the weekend. Uh, that's the summer of Saving Private Ryan. But The Negotiator came out at the end of July. Chuck, let's talk about this film because this is a real good, a good movie, movie that made some money. Um, eighty-eight million at the box office. It starred wow. two character actors and Kevin Spacey and Samuel Jackson. Yeah, I, I it was. Uh, I think this was. Um sort of bucked the trend because two two good actors but not actors that usually brought in people on an opening weekend but this sort of bucked the trend and did well and it got good reviews and it's it's a solid film yeah it's about a, a hostage situation with kevin spacey the negotiator obviously and uh samuel jackson the so-called um host you know person kidnapping people but uh i just remember i had a, a good roles uh from david morse is also every time david morse is in a movie it's going to be good um yeah. and and um JT Walsh, this was really his last film too. Yeah, Chuck. It's was, a bummer. It was a bummer. He died really young. Um, but it holds your attention because he got a good script, two great actors, great setting, um, and a good twist at the end, too. Now the question is going back and watching it now and seeing Kevin Spacey in a role like this, I still find it difficult, Chuck, um, to to pop a movie in with Kevin Spacey. I hate to say it, but it's true. Yeah, you know, and and, and again, after we talk about this, I want to bring up one more thing. Um yeah, it is true. Uh, I mean, the, the the stigma against him is um is hard to wash off. And I mean, I, I don't know what ha- I mean. Again, I don't want to judge people because I don't right. want to be judged myself. But um, there's there's no doubt there's a stigma. And, and you know, yesterday I texted you. Will Smith made a five and a half minute video apology. He, he fielded some questions. He did it for social media. He didn't go the road of doing a high profile TV interview with Oprah or sixty right, minutes. Right. So. And I thought it was sincere. I thought it was sincere, but I do think I talked to you about this and it's disturbing. I find the trend on social media, which used to be somewhat 50 50 in split opinion, has gone almost to like 90 viciously negative to people. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. you know, the, 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 the Brittany Grimer, the WNBA basketball player, viciousness. I mean, people want to see a rotten jail for the rest any, of their life. I mean, any. And, 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 and Huh? Any opportunity someone can find to go negative, yeah. they're going to go negative. That's- but it, it's become like, like here, here's my issue, and I don't want to get too poignant, but it almost feels like we have lost in a culture our own ability to have empathy or or, or sympathize or put ourselves in the in the shoes of another human being, no yeah. matter what we feel that they did. I mean, obviously, listen, I think Chris Rock truly holds a card to Will Smith, you know opening the door yeah again because he had he has to accept the apology i think they need to meet in public shake hands or hug kumbaya it and move on i mean listen you can't i don't want to see will smith just have his career destroyed for the rest of his life because he made and he did listen he made a horrible decision sure he did he did having said that didn't kill anybody right i mean there's a lot of ways for him to make uh re- repent if he could he could do charity work he he's a lot of good things he could do um, it just feels, I don't know. It just, 
this again, you know, we used to live in a country where they, they was a saying, you know, they tear you down to build you back up. Yeah. I don't know if we're in the building back up business anymore, Mike. I don't, I don't think we are, Chuck. I really don't. And it's a shame. And that's every walk of life. That's cinema. That's sports. And mm-hmm. especially it's politics. Um, yeah. and, and and it's uh, it's a shame. Um, well, I hate to hand on that sour note. So listen on. Whoa, whoa. Stick around and listen to our favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Chuck, until we do it, do it again. You have a great week. Mike, always a pleasure to the audience. Thanks a lot. Always for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media.